Welcome to this episode of More Shenanigans. I'm Donna Moore. And I am James Moore. So today we're going to talk about something that is complicated, Mm -hmm. sad, Mm -hmm. frustrating, Mm -hmm. um, ancient. Ancient. um, But more, but but the most important thing is, is that it's, it's deathly. Yeah. And I tell you the truth, I was on the fence on, you know, what we were going to pick to talk about today. Because even though we discuss other touchy matters, this one is like really hypersensitive sensitive to people right now, but it it needs to be talked about. I think it's hypersensitive to people right now, but it's hyper to some people right now, but it's hypersensitive for two groups of people all the time. Right. But unless it's in the news, people like you and me don't concern ourselves with it because it doesn't affect our daily lives. But when it affects your daily life, day after day, minute after minute, month after month, it's a sensitive subject. All right, so what are we talking about? We are talking about the Palestinian-Israeli war that is going on right now. But moreover, we're talking about the, the fact that this didn't happen in a vacuum. This wasn't something that happened on October 7th. This isn't something that, you know, happened to the Israeli people on October 7th. This isn't something that is happening to the Palestinian people every day since October 7th. This is something that has been going on for centuries, Mm -hmm. but mostly since 1948. That's when the worst of it kind of came to fruition. And just a little history of kind of what's happening. So, So if you don't know, in 1948, there was a resolution by the UN that there would be a nation of Israel that would be a two-state situation, basically. There would be an area for the Palestinian people who have lived there forever, and there would be a place for the Jewish people who have lived there forever. The Jewish people come from the land of Judea, which is Israel and Palestine. That's, That's the land of Judea. That area that you see where they talk about the West Bank, they talk about Gaza, They talk about the Jewish state of Israel. All of that is Judea between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. That is Judea. That is where the Jewish people came from. And if you're, and if you're Jewish, it talks about it in the Torah. If you're Muslim and the Palestinian people, it talks about it in the Quran. And if you're Christian, Palestinian, Christian, or American Christian, or what have you, it talks about it in the Bible. That is the land of Judea, where the conflict, I guess, not so much this present day conflict, but just the overall conflict comes from is that all of those people, the Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims, they all come from Abraham within, and and we're looking at this right now, and we don't have to continue looking at it like this, but we're looking at this from a theological standpoint right now, because that's kind of where the history of all of this is based in. Now, there may be people that are listening to us that aren't religious in any way. They don't affiliate themselves with either of these, any of these religions. That's fine. It may help you understand why this is happening the way it's happening and why it's been happening that way for at least since 1948. Mm-hmm. But even further. It, but even further back. I mean, there was a period of time when the Palestinian people and the Jewish people lived together in the land of Judea. They lived life on a daily basis there. Were there conflicts? Were there issues? Absolutely, because you're dealing with human beings. There's always going to be things like that. But for the most part, there was it was it was okay. It wasn't chaos. It wasn't chaos like it has been for many, many years. 
Now, the land of Judea was part of the Ottoman Empire way back, I don't know the, the time frame as far as the years are concerned. It was part of the Ottoman Empire. Then when the Ottoman Empire fell, it kind of broke apart in different pieces in different parts. And the British took over part of that mm -hmm. because the British back in those days took over everything because that's just kind of what they did. No ill will necessarily. It's just kind of how it happened. So they made it where there was a two-state situation where the Palestinians and the Jewish people lived together. Again, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't absolutely harmonious, but it wasn't chaotic, like mm -hmm. you're saying. And it wasn't war, necessarily. Then there started to be conflict. There started to be issues because what happened was there have always been Middle Eastern Jews that have lived in that area. There's always been Middle Eastern Muslims that have lived in that area. There's always been Middle Eastern Christians that have lived in that area. These are all brown people because of the area that they live in. It's Middle East. It's a desert area. It's an ocean area. It's they're brown people. Okay. Well then, right before the ramp up basically to World War II, it wasn't looking good for the European Jews in Europe, obviously. Even before the war started, mm -hmm. you know, Hitler was rattling chains and making things look not, it was scary and whatever. So the... European Jews came, quote unquote, home, started coming home to the land of Judea or the land of Israel. That is when things started to get chaotic and become, there started to be much more conflict and there started to be wars and things like that because the European Jews felt as though this was their land and no one else should be, be um, not that no one else should be on it, but no one else should be in charge. They were the ones that should be in charge of the entire land. Have a claim to it right because right. We're, you're talking about an influx a huge influx yes we're hundreds of thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people to a small area if you look on the map if you look on the map and see Judea, it's it's not huge. No. Okay, it's not big. And um, we're talking about not just the numbers of people coming in, but we're talking about numbers of people coming in who have the deep-seated belief that that land was given to them by God. Zionism. That's what Zionism is. It, it's a, it's the it's it's similar to Manifest Destiny that happened here in the United States back in the 1600s when the white settlers came and they found out that there was whole bunches of land west of the eastern states, the eastern settlements, and they said, hey, that can be our land and it's our manifest destiny, God-given right mm -hmm. to have this land. But with a little bit of a twist, because right. according to what they believe, it's, it's not just we believe God gave it to us, it's God spoke to Abraham. Right. You know, they have it, you know, they documented this. Right. God spoke to Abraham and said, all this is yours. Right. So that's how they, that's how they feel going in. Right. And, and that's all fine and well, but to say that and say that we are better and more important than these people is what has caused the conflict. And that is what has happened. Mm -hmm. For be before 1948, when the resolution, you know, from the UN came down, that was, was happening in small bits and pieces. Eisenhower was the president at the time when all of this was happening. And he wanted it to be an absolute equal two-state situation. But he was getting pushback left, right, and center from all different sides. From, you know, the Arab states, from European states. He was getting pushback from all of that. So he agreed to go with what the UN said. And then in 1948, they made, after a war, there was a war that happened. There was, they made the, the two-state situation where it's the nation of Israel and the Palestinian people have have been relegated to a strip of land the size of Long Island, which is the Gaza Strip. And then they 
are relegated to the West Bank, where in the West Bank, it is basically Jews and Palestinians living together, but they don't have any kind of voting rights. They don't get to vote for anything. They don't, it's, and this is where the controversy comes in. And this is where some people are not going to like what we have to say, but it's basically an apartheid state. They live there. They have businesses there the Palestinian people, they have, and this is Palestinian Muslims, Palestinian Jews, Palestinian Christians. This is all, but if you're a Palestinian, you are lumped into that group of people and they have businesses there. They have homes there that generations, hundreds and hundreds of years of people have lived in families of the same family have lived in these homes and farmed these lands and that type of thing. But the Israeli army can come in and take that land and say, this is now a military post and they have to go. They don't get to vote. They can't come and go as they please. It's The Gaza Strip is basically an open-air prison because they, they, they don't get to have passports. Mm-hmm. So they can't come and go as they please. It takes a whole lot of all kind of whatever to get a visa for them to be able to leave that area and to travel and then to be able to come back. So when I say that this... What happened on October 7th, which let me say this right now, and I will say this numerous times through this podcast. What Hamas did on October 7th was horrible. It was an act of terrorism. It was wrong, unequivocally wrong, but it did not happen in a vacuum. Right. So talking about, we got a little bit of a history lesson. We got an idea of, you know, who the players are and that sort of thing. And we, and we're getting an idea of what's, what's happening now and the trigger for it. So what I want to discuss next is number one, the staunch, and I'm talking about when this kicked off on the seventh, there was just absolute staunch American backing of the Israelis. No, no matter what they can do no wrong. They're the victims, that sort of thing, that, that kind of attitude that's the Zionistic attitude. Yeah. yeah, That's been, been, you know, cultivated and encouraged to grow in this country for, for decades. This is not the, this this is is not the first time for that. And the U S has always been a Zionistic government when it comes to Israel. So, you know, why, why is that the case? And also what happens from here? Okay. What's, what is this going to turn into? Is, are we going to see a mushroom cloud? Well, it's entirely possible if a sea stuck fire doesn't happen soon because the Arab nations. Okay. Let me, let me stop there. Let me go back. Your first question. Why does the U.S. support, unequivocally support Israel as a state and give them, I don't know, I'd have to look, uh, how many billions of dollars every year that we give them for support, Mm -hmm. financial support, which goes mostly to their military. I think because there is a wrong impression that the United States was built on a Christian foundation, which is not the case. As much as the evangelical Christian nationalists in this nation want to make that a fact, that is not a fact. The settlers, the pilgrims came here for freedom of religion. They they were being told that they had to worship a certain way in England and they didn't want to worship that way. They wanted to worship the way they wanted to worship and they came here. Were they Christians? Yes, they were Christians. But it wasn't that they, they wanted to be able to, you know, worship how they wanted to worship, not through the Church of England. So it was about a freedom of religion. So I think that there's that part of it. And the other part of it, I think, is that even though we give them a lot of money every year, billions of dollars, I think that they are 
a staunch ally of the United States. They are the center, even though there may not be a ton of oil produced there in Israel per se, it is where we can keep an eye on all of the oil that is being produced in those desert countries. And like it or not, that is what runs this world is oil. Okay, just to give you an idea of the, the aid that's being given, all right? And I've looked up two different sources is it this a site called U.S. News and World Report? It just says it's U.S. It's U.S. US News. News. Okay. And another force, um, source that's called USA Facts. Okay. That is like a fact checker site, and they have the exact same figure data that was collected in October of 2023. Okay. Of this, you know, this, so year. this year. The amounts this last month. Okay. Right, and they kind of they they lump all together U.S. obligations. So this can be money. This can be you know. Right. A, this could be weapons, you know, right. whatever. That the U.S. last year gave $3.3 billion, billion with a B, dollars to Israel. Mm-hmm. And that's a typical year. Yeah, that's a very typical year. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Every single year we give to this one country. Mm-hmm. But it's just worth every penny for the reasons that you just said. But and well, I, when I, I say yeah. worth every penny, I'm talking about the, that's the U.S. government's mindset. Mindset. Right. Right. Right, right. Now, here's the thing. And here's the controversy in what is happening today. If you are, if you say that Israel was attacked, which it was, it was attacked, and you say that Hamas is a terrorist organization, then you're Zionist and you're anti-Palestinian. But if you say that the Palestinian people are not the same as Hamas and that the Palestinian people should be freed, then you're anti-Semitic. So it's Because an- here's the thing. In some minds, in some of the evangelical Christian nationalist minds, and even some of just Christian minds, mm-hmm. and in some Jewish minds, not all, but in some Jewish minds, if you are not a Zionist, you are Mm anti-Semitic. And I will tell you that I am not anti-Semitic. I have studied, not in great detail, but I have studied the Jewish religion. I've had numerous conversations with friends of ours and mine that are Jewish people, and we talk in detail about the similarities and the differences between all three religions. And we're speaking of these three religions. Why don't we talk about other religions? Because these are the three religions in that in that area of the world that are involved yeah. in all of this. They're the players in this scenario. Right. Now, I will tell you, and this is fact, and you can research it yourself. You can YouTube videos. You can Google videos. You can go to any social media site that you want to and find videos where American Christians and Middle Eastern Christians have been and currently are attacked by Zionistic Jews in Israel. Mm -hmm. So if we were to go, let's just say, over to Israel, let's let's say this conflict ends in the next two months. Okay. Okay. And we go two years from now to Israel to see the weeping wall and just to do the touristy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. There are Zionistic Jews over there that will spit on us. They will knock the cameras out of our hands. They will do that stuff. I've seen the videos. Why, why would they do that? We're adorable. <laughs> Because they feel that the that the Christians are bad because we say that the Jewish people killed Jesus because that's what that's what they say right or yeah. that's what the Bible or you I know got, that's I got a whole I got a whole soapbox on that one right exactly 
but, but we don't have time. Right. Now, on the other hand, if we were to go to Gaza, there would be Muslims that would do the same thing. They're knocking cameras out of our hands? <laughs> and just, you know, just attacking Christians. Okay. The point, the reason I say this is because there is wrong on both sides of this equation. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I said in the beginning, what Hamas did on October 7th was wrong. Right, James? It was wrong. Correct. It was 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't put a butt after that because it was just wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Similar to when here in the United States, think about it like this. If you can think about it this way, because I know there may be some white people that are listening to this that are going to be like, well, whatever, that's wrong too. But think about when when George Floyd was choked to death on camera in front of many, many people yeah. on the street in the street of Minneapolis, Minnesota. He was choked to death. And Black Lives Matter rose up and people are going to say, well, Black Lives Matter is a terrible organization, blah, blah, blah. You're right. It is. It's absolutely a, the actual organization itself is a horrible organization. They were absolutely. But Black Lives Matter the idea mm-hmm. rose up saying that we're we're tired of being killed for different reasons simply because the color of our skin is black. So the Black Lives Matter movement is the equivalent of Hamas. I'm not saying that. What I'm you what drew I'm, that let, picture. Let me go. Let me let me. I haven't gone there yet. So let's think about that here in the United States. Well, imagine Palestinian people who live in Gaza, especially in Gaza, but in the West Bank as well, who are not able to vote. They have to live by the laws, mm-hmm. but they can't vote. No representation. No representation. Their home can be taken over literally at any moment, day or night, and you have to leave and find someplace else to stay. Mm-hmm. You're relegated to to a like there's 2.5 million Palestinians that live in an area the size of Long Island mm-hmm. okay now on, that's one thing because there are that many people that live on Long Island. You know, there's, well, there may not be that many people, but there's a lot of people that live on Long Island. So having a bunch of people live in a small area is not the problem. The problem is, is all the things that go along with that. Not being able to vote, not having any representation, being, you know, potentially beaten at any moment, having your home taken away, all the stuff that, all the oppression that is going on. People will rise up against that. And again, what Hamas did was wrong. It was wrong. The Palestinian people are not Hamas. <laughs> Hamas is not the Palestinian people. Now, yes, there are Palestinian people that believe what Hamas did was okay. But there are Palestinian people that feel like Hamas, it, they don't want Hamas to be in charge. They want it to be the other group that's in charge in the West Bank. In Gaza, the, the Hamas is in charge. They've been in charge there since 2007. The Palestinian people don't want them to be in charge. They want the Palestinian Authority who's in charge in the West Bank. The Palestinian Authority is in charge in the West Bank. In Gaza, it is Hamas. Hamas has been in charge and took over by force in 2007. The Palestinian people of Gaza do not want them in charge because they feel that they are a terrorist organization as well. They're an extremist organization. Mm-hmm. So when when Hamas does something, that doesn't mean that all the Palestinian people feel that that's correct. And when we say free Palestine, we don't mean free Hamas. We're not saying that. So it is a very complicated, convoluted, difficult, painful situation that is happening over there to answer your question about how or what do we do from here? Mm-hmm. I mean, only the Palestinian Jewish people, only the Palestinian and Jewish people can answer that question. Okay. But I feel as though we need to look towards the moderate people and not towards the extremists because the extremists, like Prime Minister Netanyahu, he's, you know, he's the, he's a extremist right wing. And then there's the Hamas, 
which is, you know, just as extremist as far as Palestinians are concerned. We need to find some moderate people to come together and be able to say, this is what we want. Okay. All right. So just, just so that we have it on record, and this is coming from Britannica.com, the dictionary people. Uh-huh. The Palestinian Authority, formerly Palestinian National Authority, right. is the governing body of the Palestinian Autonomous Regions of the West Bank and Gaza Strip, established in 1994 as right. part of the as part of the Oslo Accords. Right. So, okay, that being said, we, we understand that uh, things are kind of chaotic. And, but but Hamas I, took I over know, in 2007 in the wet, in Gaza. Right. So the, the Palestinian Authority is no longer in charge there. Right, right. Because I, Hamas took over terroristically. They took over. Okay, so um, there's a couple of things that I want to ask you. One, and you just roll with each one. When you... When you or anybody else uses the term "free the Palestinian people," free Palestine. That's the that's the free Palestine. Well, when any yes. when you or anybody else uses the term "free the Palestinian people," mm-hmm. what does that look like and mean? What does does that mean that we're we're giving them land back? giving them homes back. Yeah, oh, and you know, how does that get organized? How does that get Again, that part what what I can tell you what it what it means is they want to be able to be a free people. They want to be able to vote for the representation. They want to be able to own their homes and not be concerned that they're going to be taken over by a military group. They want to be able to come and go as they please with legal visas. That's what they want to do. That's what it means. Now, how that's going to happen? I can't answer that. Okay. I don't live there. All right. And there's no way, way, shape, or form am I even going to attempt to do it. But what I'm saying is, is that it has to be moderates on both sides that Mm. are going to come together to make that happen because the extremists never Mm. come together because they want it one way or the The other. definition of extreme. All right, so here's a question that you probably won't be able to answer, but I want you and other people and me to think about, okay? So the Palestinian people that want to be free, do they want to be free and govern themselves and be separate? Or do they desire to coexist for the most part? I would think, I think from from everything that I've read and heard in interviews and from the moderate people, uh-huh. okay, they want to live in harmony. They want to work together. They want to make it a two-state situation, uh-huh. okay? But unfortunately... The Zionists on both sides, because there are Zionists on both sides, yeah. want it to be one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. In my opinion, and I'm just going to throw my opinion in here. We've been talking about this for a while. We're looking at a situation where you got two groups of people and we have larger groups, you know, larger powers behind each group that have been being bad to each other for a long, long time. That's what yeah. it comes down to. If you're going to say it to a, you know, a second grader, you got two groups of people in one area being bad to each other for a long, long time. And they're used to being bad to each other for a long, long time. And we got these powers behind each one of these groups encouraging them to be bad to each other for a long, long time. So you got to break that cycle somehow if you want to have peaceful coexistence which is what some people desire right in that area and i think that the moderates within those larger powers Mm -hmm. have to come together and say we can't do this anymore but in so many areas and it doesn't matter what country you're in it doesn't matter what you believe you can have an american flag pin or you can have a russian pin or you can have a chinese pin the word moderate becomes a dirty word it does absolutely you're not you're not um for the government, you want you're sitting on the fence. You're you're sitting on your fence. You want you want everybody to 
you know, peacefully coexist. You want, you know, harmony in the world. And that gets viewed as a bad thing. Right. And I think that the other thing that gets viewed as a bad thing on both sides. Okay. I, I don't agree with Zionism. Okay. I don't. I think Zionism, it's wrong. It's just wrong. And I don't think that the Hamas mentality of people is correct either. That's wrong as well. But what I can understand, I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. But what I can understand is their heart for it. What's motivating them to do what they do. Right. Yeah. I, I, I understand the concept of the the exhaustion and fear and pain there is of having the boot of someone else on your neck for centuries Mm -hmm. like the Palestinian people. I also understand from the Zionistic standpoint of they are terrified for their lives for the Holocaust to happen again. And there are people that one, say the Holocaust didn't happen. And two, there is another group of people that would love to have the Holocaust or something similar happen again to the Jewish people. So I understand the fear and the the heart of where these people are coming from, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make it right. It's wrong. Yeah. So I think at the core of today's post is at least what I wanted to get across is, you know, you hear a lot of people just staunch 100%, you know, the Israeli people are the victims and this is this horrible thing that happened in a chain of things. You know, we support Israel. I'm not saying we shouldn't support Israel, but what I'm saying is you you can't just pick and choose your atrocities. You can't just pick them like you're in Golden Corral because there have been atrocities on both sides. Yes. Women and children innocent people suffering because of this thousands year long conflict all right and this is not the first attack on that no okay so i would encourage people to do their homework before they open their mouths step outside of the echo chamber step outside of your echo chamber and try and listen to some people that aren't saying what you what you want to hear necessarily what is it that as a matter of fact that church today our pastor was talking about be curious be humble and curious be humble and humbly curious. curious so be curious about what's really what's really going on humbly curious why does the united states really support israel mm-hmm. why does israel really want to have a one-state solution why is hamas the way they are it's not because they're muslim it's not simply because because they're Muslim mm-hmm. and that the Quran says you kill other people that don't believe it because that is not what the Quran says because I have humbly read parts of the Quran and that is not what it says. Yeah. And so be humbly curious and please, please, I beg of you, whether it's about this situation, this this war in the Middle East right now, or about U.S. politics or any other world politics or your local HOA situation or your local, you know, city government or your school board. Be curious about what's really going on mm-hmm. because you may have a perspective that's that's just wrong because you've not been curious and you've chose to listen to one side or the other yeah you won't find that out unless you unless you challenge yourself your own thinking and i'll say this this be like one of the last things i say is that it's easy to have an opinion it's easy to shoot your mouth off okay but to have an opinion that's worth a damn that's worth more than a pile of crap it takes work it's not easy to have an opinion that's worth something To have an opinion that's worth something and that's intelligent and that reflects you as a person as far as being thoughtful, it takes work and research and asking questions and being open-minded and that humble and going to sources that aren't just, you know, look exactly like you. And 
the other thing too is that I'm 59 years old and I have my entire life heard we need peace in the Middle East. My entire life. Mm. We have gone, I've gone through four wars in the Middle East. When I, when I talk about the Middle East, I'm talking about the Israeli, Palestine, West Bank, Gaza situation. Mm-hmm. Four of them in my lifetime. This is the fourth one. So this isn't, this isn't new. This isn't something new. This isn't you know, it's, yeah. And so just know that things aren't always as simple as supporting one or the other. And listen, for me to go on to a podcast that's going to be heard by tens of people <laughs> from all over the world that who, I don't know what their religious affiliation is or what have you, but I've said these things on Facebook where it could be seen by thousands of people. Mm-hmm. It's scary to say that I think Zionism is wrong because that means there are people that are going to think I'm anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not anti-Semitic, but that's like a racist saying, I know I'm not racist. Right. But but I know that just because I think that Zionism is wrong doesn't mean that I want the Jews to die or have to be separated from everybody else. That's yeah. not what I feel. And I don't feel like just because I don't, you know, worship uh, the Quran or worship... Um, Muhammad, like the Muslims do, doesn't mean that I think that they're all terrorists and going to blow up everything that they see. Right. But in the, but the thing that moves us forward is when somebody like you says, I'm against Zionism, instead of just automatically making the assumption, they ask you why. Right. You have a face-to-face conversation. There's a That's back and the forth. That's the key. That's the key. It's for people to come together, realize that they might not know everything. And that's the curiosity. And Why does she feel that way? Why, right. And, and everybody gets gets right. to share okay we're we're running out of time yeah we for this podcast on which we could probably talk five more podcasts worth of stuff on if but, you have anything that you want to say on this matter you know please leave a message yeah you can leave a message you can type it out or you can just say it you know there's an ability to do that if you're listening on spotify if there's something another piece of this that you want us to talk about yeah please we, Enlight- we'll enlighten us because we don't know everything no you might be able to tell not. us something and if you're the type of person that prays, and you may be doing this already, pray for Palestine, pray for Israel, pray for Hamas, pray for pray for pray, everybody. Pray, pray, for, pray for Hamas to go away. Yeah. Pray, well, pray for pray <laughs> yeah. for everybody to you know come to some kind of understanding, maybe change. Yes. You know. Yes. Pray for Cause, change. Because Hamas can change. Real change. Yes. You know. And most of all, most of all, the thing that the thing that breaks my heart and all. Oof, let me get it together. That's all right. Mostly pray for the children. And I say this crying because those children, the ones that are still alive, will never, ever, ever have their innocence back. All they will know of their childhood is this horrible thing that is happening in their lives on both sides, the Israeli children and the Palestinian children. That's that's what we have to think about. That's who we have to think about because the adults are the ones who are doing this to the children. And I'm sorry for getting emotional, but it's just a very emotional thing when you think about the children involved because we so often just think about the government aspects of it, the governmental aspects of it or the or the adult groups involved in these situations but when you think about the children of all ages who have to witness this type of stuff happen to their friends and their families and their homes and their schools and their churches and their playgrounds and all of that it's it's absolutely heartbreaking right and we should all be motivated by the fact that you know what kind of world are we going to hand over to them yeah okay so that's all for this episode tune in next time for
more, more shenanigans.